This is the Menopause Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Gordon. Now here at the Menopause Movement, we've surveyed over 50,000 menopausal women. And through this, we've discovered that the number one cause of menopausal suffering for our clients is weight gain. Now you've said things like, how do I lose the mental belly? I don't recognize myself anymore. How can I get me back? When menopause hit me out of the blue, I had no idea what was happening. And when I gained about 50 pounds overnight, I hated what I saw in the mirror. The menopause movement exists to provide world-class transformational education to women who are suffering from the symptoms and effects of menopause. And we're here to give you the education you need to get your life back. We want menopause to be the best time of your life. I mean, it is for me, and I want that for you. After years of trial and error, I finally cracked the code with my menopause weight, and now I want to share with you how I did it. I realized that what helped me the most was a challenge. So we've created a challenge for you to help you lose your mental belly. Simply go to menopausemovement.com forward slash challenge to sign up. I'll see you there. What's up, everyone? So excited to be here today with business coach Jackie Gadeen. If you've ever thought about starting your own business, or if you're an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur at heart, this episode is definitely for you. Jackie is a coach. She's co-host of the podcast, Make Your Life Magnificent, and co-founder and chief strategy officer of The Resting Mind, a business coaching and development company for Generation X women. She is a certified life coach and trained at the Goal Imagery Institute, specializing in neuroscience and positive psychology. She's a TEDx talk presenter and has been featured on Today with Hoda and Jenna, Business Insider, and is a VIP expert at Fairy God Boss. Prior to becoming a coach, Jackie was associate publisher at AdAge, where she was responsible for building new businesses, driving revenue, and leading a diverse team. During the podcast, we talk about how she got started in her business. Starting a new business in the second half of life, moving from learning to action, what failure is, celebrating success and how to do it, the 8% rule, the most important thing to work on for business success, how to find clarity in our lives, what is energy plotting and how to do it, money mindset, and stay to the end to find out the best way to put your education into action. At the end of the episode, visit menopausemovement.com forward slash blog, where you can find the show notes plus the links to the books and resources mentioned in the episode. And if you enjoy this episode, like and subscribe on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, so you're always the first to know when each episode is released. If you haven't left a review yet for the podcast, please take the time to review. When you do so, more women can find it and get the help they need during the disruption of menopause because no one should have to go it alone. Thanks again for being a part of the menopause movement. If you have any questions about this or any other podcast, I invite you to open a discussion with me on Instagram at Dr. Michelle Gordon, Dr. Michelle Gordon. Have a great day, everyone. And now let's get to Jackie. Jackie, welcome to the Menopause Movement Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thanks, Dr. G. I'm delighted to be talking with you today. Yeah, this is awesome. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about, you know, what you do and and how you got started and and where you were before, that kind of thing. Sure. So uh, I am a coach for Gen X women. So Gen X women are women who are 40 plus uh, to about 55, but you know, we range the gamut. And the real reason why we want to coach them 
with my business partner Mimi Bishop is because we are hearing over and over again women wake up and say, is this it in their 40s? <laughs> and I want to be there saying like, this is it. I'm going to help you find your this is it. So we work yeah. with them as they want to up-level their career or as they want to start their entrepreneurial journey and, and help them really build their business from the ground up. We own a company called The Resting Mind, and it's a coaching and development company where we do trainings and workshops and one-on-one -on -one coaching to really am amplify individuals. And I'm really passionate about it. I think women, especially Gen X women, we grew up in an era where we were just kind of going with the flow. We didn't ask for the order, right? We didn't, we thought hard work would get us the promotion. And then you get into your career and you're thinking, how come I'm not where I want to be? So really helping women know, own, articulate and negotiate their worth is important to me. Well, you know, it's really funny that you you mentioned this part about going with the flow, because, you know, I think back to my life and, and how, you know, I did create my life. I mean, I decided to be a surgeon and, and, and all those things. But at the same time, I, I did the things that I thought I was supposed to do, even though it wasn't true to who I am. I got married, I had a kid, I did all the things that I needed to do. And then as I grew up, I realized, well, I don't want to be married to a man. Okay, no problem. Oh, I want to marry a woman. Wow, that's new. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of things that that changed for me. But at the same time, it was like um, life just happened. L life just life just happened. Life just happened. Life just happened. And and then it, there was a point where I said, well, and and this is exactly you know, I I guess I'm your ideal customer because I was like, well, is this all there is? And what happened for me was I had worked so hard to learn surgery and to go and get this job and start my practice. And I, I just remember sitting there at 40 years old, I was actually 40, and I said, okay, why am I not happy? Is this all there is? And that started my kind of existential crisis, and that was 16 years ago, and I've since retired. I mean, last year in, in July, I retired from medicine because I don't like what's happening to medicine in America and the whole risk of COVID and it, just all that stuff. I, I decided that it, I was better, you know, I could serve better by doing what I'm doing now. And, and it's been, it's been quite a journey, you know, because one thing that, that I think is it's something we should talk about is the fact that more than 50% of small businesses are started by women in their fifties. Yes. And so the women who are, you know, part of the menopause movement, who are, you know, listening to this podcast or watching on YouTube or watching on my website or whatever, you know, these are the women who are going to go and start businesses. And, and these are the women that need support. Now, as somebody who has started another business in my, you know, late 40s, early 50s, I can say that there are a lot of people out there who will just take your money and not help you. They say they're going to help you and then they don't. So what makes you different? So that's a great question. I think there's a lot of layers to that. I think what makes me different is that I walk the walk and talk the talk. So I had a huge career just like you, Dr. G. I was in publishing. I was associate publisher of one of the most coveted business-to-business -business brands called AdAge. I had the goalpost was to be publisher, and I was about a year away from doing that. And exactly like it was 42. I had just lost my dad the year before. My daughter was five and struggling in school. And I would go to work every day and think, wow, the goalpost that I wanted is no longer what I want. Mm -hmm. And I panicked because it's all I knew, right? Checked all those boxes. It's all I knew. So I stepped off my career, actually not knowing what I wanted to do next. I said, I'm going to give myself this gift of discovery. And 
from that, I built a very successful business with my business partner. And we've gone through business schools, uh, Marie Forleo and Kendrick Shope, to learn the process of helping people build their business. So it's not just coming in and saying, hey, um, this is really nice. Go off and build your avatar and leave you off to do your thing, but really a hand-holding. And I think that's the key to being a successful business coach is really meeting people where they are. There are some people that will go off and do all the homework and be successful and not need you to be in the trenches with them. And then there are others that need you to be in the trenches. And I think to be successful, you need to figure out where your person is and meet them where they are and really help them understand where the gap is in what their experience is and where they can fill that gap. I don't think enough people focus on that. We try to be experts in everything. It's not realistic. Yeah, you know, it's really funny you mentioned Marie Forleo, and and I think a lot of people start there uh, who want to get online, and I'm going to recommend that the audience not buy that. Don't buy that. And the reason I, I say that, and it's nothing against Marie. Marie's a great person. She's got a lot of really great information out there in the Marie TV and that sort of thing. 55,000 people have been through B-School. And the problem with it is that it it's not complete. And the problem I have with most online entrepreneurial type of programs is that it's a piece. It's not yeah. the whole thing. If you want to start a business, it's not just, you know, getting getting Kajabi or whatever your yes. you know, your your platform is. There's there's a lot more to it and there's a lot of strategic stuff and, and so that the big promise the big promise is, hey, you know, do what I do and you can make a million dollars. And it's just not that easy. And and I want, and I'm not, I don't want to just discourage anyone from their dream because if, if you have a calling, that calling is going to pull you wherever you need to go. And what you want wants you to. But, and there's a huge caveat here, but you don't have to pay somebody $10,000, $20,000 a year to show you what to do. It's just a matter of picking one thing because remember that beginners complicate and experts simplify. And it's important to be an expert in your own business. And, and these are just things I wish somebody had told me. I don't know if I would have listened, but I spent a, <laughs> I spent a lot of money uh, trying to get help. And the, the people that were supposed to be helping me, you know, before I knew it, I had a list of 15,000, but we had no money. I was right. like, if I have a list of 15,000, I should be able to make a living off of it. And when I said that to the people I was paying, they're like, they, they, they had no answer. I said, right. you know, where's the offers? Where's the money? And so then I fired them. And I've been through plenty of different, you know, gurus and co- coaches and 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 courses. And at the end of the day, those guys want your money more than they want anything else. And so I'm not saying anything against you. Uh, it's just that my my own experience, I've become a little bit jaded. And so there are some people out there who are actually really you know, have have integrity. And, and, you know, if, if anybody wants to know who I think has integrity, you can send me a DM on Instagram. I'm not going <laughs> to mention it here in the podcast. And so, but you know, there, there are, there are people who have integrity and there are people who are really interested in your well-being and want your success just as much as they want their own. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's really important to, uh, you know, to say that. So how can we move as people, as women who want to build businesses then, How can we move from learning mode to action mode? Oh, this is such a great question, too, because oftentimes, especially for women, so I happen to, we talked about this before we started recording, Dr. G, is I am a woman who has confidence. 
I've just had confidence my whole life. I believe that I have the capabilities to figure stuff out, even if I don't know what that looks like. Most women struggle in the confidence area. So they overcompensate by becoming experts in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And what their expertise is, is consuming, consuming, consuming. And then they'll read books, they'll listen to a million podcasts, they might listen to our podcast, right? They'll take a million courses, and then they won't actually implement anything because it's fear. So one of the things that we always say is just take one piece of action, take one learning that you're listening to and put it into action. You know, as a as a coach for women in business, it's all about going from women who were so used to staying in their lane. I knew what I was, right? I was a publisher of a magazine. You were a surgeon. We knew exactly where their lane was. Then you become an entrepreneur and it goes to a six lane highway going back and forth really fast. So we aren't, there's no structure. There's no discipline. Even if you're disciplined, you don't discipline. You don't know where to focus. So you don't focus on anything. We just consume because we think that's actually taking action. So Mm -hmm. our brains work best, and you know this as a doctor, when we can fire up different places in our brains at the same time. So reading something or listening to something only activates one part of our brain. But if we actually start putting action against it and start doing, we fire up different parts of our brain and things stick more. So learn something, take a small step, then evaluate it. It may work. It may not work. Find the evidence. Figure that out. That's the part of an entrepreneurial journey that we need to and have patience. I think a lot of coaches that you talked about that are BS and don't have integrity, they, they're like, by the end of this, you're going to have a, a six-figure business. Oh, if it was that easy, there are no guarantees. There are so many more variables. But what I can tell you, right, is that I'm going to give you every step-by-step tool to build your business and how long it takes. There are so many variables on when that's going to turn the corner for you. So, but, But you have to take action. You have to get over that fear. And, you know, I describe fear as kind of a big brother. So when I think about fear... He's always going to be there for you, right? He's always going to be looking out for you. And he's always going to say, wait, watch out, the car's coming. But there are going to be times where he says, you know, don't drive, it's nighttime. And you're going to be like, "Um, it's okay, I've got this, right? So you need to understand, like, when your big brother's trying to protect you because there's something really dangerous or when he's just trying to be overprotective. And if you could think of your fear that way, it gets you to have a better relationship with it and see it as, and humanize it versus an emotional attachment and and drag down for you. Yeah, I like that a lot. It, there's a there's a book written by uh, an acquaintance I have by the name of Brandon Webb, all about fear. He's a Navy SEAL. And he talked about how at the very beginning of the book, he talks about how he helped somebody who was deathly afraid of water start to swim. And, uh, you know, I will hook up that book in the in the show notes. I can't remember the name of it, but I'm sure my team will, will put it in. But one thing you talked about was action. And it, it's it's really important for us as people who are wanting to improve our lives, high performers, or, or even, you know, even if you're not starting a business, if what you're doing is, is just, you know, wanting to improve your life, right? And you're reading all these things, and you're, you're, you're reading the self help or whatever. And, and then the, the main thing is to find something that you can that you can take action on. And in surgery, we had this saying, it was, it was uh, see one, do one, teach one. And so, you know, even, even if I'm going to take easiest, that, can I take yeah, that? Absolutely. I love that. That's so yeah. smart. Yeah. So it's, it's basically, you know, you'd see, you'd watch, you'd watch it get done. And I remember when I was a, 
when I was a resident, I was my first year resident and, and I, I went into the operating room in the middle of the night with a surgeon for an incarcerated belly button hernia and he wouldn't let me do anything. And I said, I, you know, I can, I can do this. And he says, you watch. I was like, okay. And, you know, then I then I ended up being a really good surgeon, but it was, it was really interesting to have, you know, the surgeon say to me, you've got to watch this first. And, and then there's this whole point of patience and allowing time to pass. And, you know, the time's going to pass anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and so we have to, we have to really think about, about what that means to us and, and whether, whether it matters. And then the third thing I wanted to say is that, is that we have to redefine failure. And I've talked about this before. I talked about it at great length with Ryan Levesque in the, what to think about before you start a business. And um, it's really important that we look at failure as an opportunity for a lesson rather than calling it a failure and making it, making it be this horrible thing that, that it, our identity is wrapped up in. Now, for me as a surgeon, it was really, it, it took a long time for me to redefine what failure means because as a doctor, failure usually means uh, maiming or death or, or some adverse outcome that we're trained to, you know, not, not have happen. And in business, failure means, hey, great, it doesn't work that way. Let's do it another way. And it took me a long time to, to discover that. How do you, how do you teach failure? So very similar to what you're talking about is, really understanding that if you're not failing, it probably means you're staying in your comfort zone, right? So yeah. if you, right, you, you, when you fail, it's because you're taking a chance on something that you don't know. Mm-hmm. And I also, we do, we're very much about getting people to acknowledge their accomplishments so that they can overwrite their ne- negativity biases mm-hmm. that come up. So a lot of what we train and teach is when you do something and you try something out of the box, write it down on a beautiful colored post-it note. And when it succeeds, you put it in a really big glass see-through jar of some sort. And it's like your success jar. And when it doesn't work, you figure out how you can pivot and tweak it. And t- and then you tweak it, write it down. And then when it moves to success, because you've tweaked it, you put it in your success jar. Because we as humans are visual beings and visual creatures. And often when we're building a business, we don't see the small wins as successes enough. So we really want to encourage our students, our clients to embrace all of those small wins because they all move you just a little bit further towards your goal and whatever that goal is. And be very clear on your goals. You know, a lot of People go into business. I work with women, so I was going to say women, but a lot of women go into business and they're like, "This is great. I want to build a business." I'm like, "Well, what's your revenue goal?" Oh, I don't know. Well, who who do you want to reach? Who's your ultimate audience? Oh, I don't know. Who's your who's the client you don't want to work with? I don't right. So really being specific about what are your goals. If you don't have goals, you have no idea when you get there. <laughs> and yeah. it seems simple, right, Doctor G? But how often do you even talk with people that they're that they don't even know what their goals are because they haven't taken the time. They've let life unfold for them instead of being very strategic and specific about what they want next. And the goalpost doesn't have to be a year out, two years out, five years out, but you need to know where your destination is. Otherwise you're going to get lost. Yeah, I love that. It's, it's really important to, to know where you're going 
And the, the other thing is, is that I like this idea of the success jar because I like to say that, that success breeds more motivation. So as you start to see, especially, you know, I, I use this example of weight loss a lot. And of course, here at the menopause movement, we have the 28 day mental belly challenge that anyone can go and join. And that's just a, you know, because women in menopause want to lose weight. And so we, and it's we so have hard. Really, yeah, it is. Yeah, yes. it is. And so we've made it super affordable and it's a really, it's a really great challenge. As long as you act within the first few days, otherwise the price goes up. So the thing is, is that if you have an all or nothing attitude, you're not going to, you're not going to reach your goals. If you, if you have this, this thought that I have to lose a hundred pounds and if I don't lose five pounds, you know, in the next week, then I'm a failure. And remember, you can't lose a hundred pounds overnight. You can lose a hundred pounds over time. And you can decide that you're going to lose that weight, but then you have to actually change your state of being to make that happen. And it's the small things. And actually, what's really interesting is that if, if all you look for is a 1% improvement week over week, you won't even feel like you're having any changes because 1% doesn't feel like anything. And that's, that's where excellence really can come in and make, make a huge difference. And John Wooden talked about that. You know, he was the best probably the winningest basketball coach ever. And he said, you know, you, you might improve somebody's jump a little bit. So he was the head coach of UCLA. And he said, he said, you might improve their jump just a little bit one week. You might improve their conditioning a little bit the next week. You might improve their ability to dribble the week after that. And then what happens is over time, all of these little wins, they show up as these great, great big changes but they're just cumulative little changes. And that's all we have to strive for. And it's so important, I think, when, you know, in, in, in life, not just business. I mean, this, this, this applies to anything we want. It's so true. And the other side of that, too, is when we say we want to lose 100 pounds, our brains, right, our subconscious is like, there's no way. You yeah. haven't been that skinny since high school. So our <laughs> limiting beliefs and our mindset and what our subconscious really buys into doesn't exist. So, you know, I don't work with people that lose weight, but when we when I talk to clients who are still even on a weight loss journey as part of their overall career journey, I always say like, all you need to do is think about what you want to do this week. That's it. Because your brain yeah. can get behind that one, that one pound you want to lose this week, right? And it's the compound effect. And as you, as you win, the dopamine goes off. When you step on that scale, it makes you want to accomplish again. So what can you do to get that dopamine rush every time? You know, everything we teach, we have something called the 8% rule framework, which is all about what is that big goal you want to accomplish and how do we break it down into break it down and break it down again. We call it 8% because there's a statistic that shows that 92% of people who declare a resolution in the beginning of the year never actually see it through. So right. we want our clients to be part of that 8% club. Like, what do you declare and how are you going to get there? But breaking everything down into smaller chunks and then acknowledging your wins, holding them, creating those new neural pathways so that you have proof and evidence that you can succeed instead of letting that negativity bias and that imposter and that, you know, that voice is like, you're not smart enough. You're not good, right? All those things that come up for uh -huh. women specifically, you, you know, and you're just like, okay, okay, Heather, you know, my name's Jackie, but I'm, a, uh -huh. I'm an 80s girl. So it's Heather's from Heather. Okay, Heather, I get it. You don't have to be such a mean girl. Go away, <laughs> right? You know, right. name her and put her to the side. But it really is about taking those, making small, small movements and really acknowledging them and, and giving yourself that beautiful gift because we don't, we don't really do that enough. We don't acknowledge what we get done 
especially as women who have kids, who have families, right? Maybe they have spouses, they have aging parents, all of these things we just keep doing, big careers, without acknowledging everything we've done. So just give yourself that beautiful gift of acknowledging all the greatness you are as a human. I love that. Yeah, it's so important. How do you show women how to launch a business and step into midlife? What is your, do you have a elevator pitch about that? An elevator, to me, it's all about finding your personal North Star Mm. and finding ultimately who you want to help, right? So for you, when you launch this business, you really, you're you're like, I want to help women who are in menopause because there's no support for what's physically and emotionally and mentally going on for women. Mm -hmm. So you knew exactly who you wanted to help and you knew that I have, this is my zone of genius, this is what I personally bring to the table that will help me have that discussion and find solutions to this pain point that they have. Oftentimes when women start businesses, they're like, oh, I want to be a health coach. Well, why? Because I want to help people. Well, why? (laughs) Right? So they really don't know really ultimately why. They don't know who they want to help. And they don't know how they differentiate themselves. So I always say, in order to launch any business, you have to understand yourself first. We don't spend enough time as humans discovering who we are, especially as women, right? We go, we're like the badge of busy. I am, you know, I always say I'm the shark. If I stop moving, I might die. Uh, (laughs) But, right, but how do we hold our energy for ourselves? How do we become more connected with ourselves so that the way we show up in our business is very connected to what is going to ultimately inflate us, not deflate us. And that's a big thing. It's it's about, and I don't want to say purpose, it's such a heavy word, but it's really about finding your own self and then figuring out what are the next steps to build upon that. Yeah, no, that's really good. And, and the thing that, you know, I've been on a personal, like, I don't know, what do I call it, a spiritual journey, or I had an existential crisis, or a, you know, some sort of a quest to find out whatever, you know, my purpose or however for, for years. And, you know, I would say it probably started in about 2010 when I, the first time I hired a, a, a life coach and I used a, one of the Jack Canfield coaching programs. And, and that was the first coach that I hired and it was structured and it was 20 weeks. And, and I made some major changes in my life through that. And, you know, what I've discovered over over these, you know, past 11, 12 years is that what I want is coming from this, this higher self, this, this, this person that is connected at a deeper level to uh, universal truths. And when I started this, I wasn't even sure about there being any sort of higher power. And I, you know, I, I embarked on this spiritual journey that I, I had been an atheist. So it's been, it's been a real big, different, like life than I expected. But I find that the biggest thing for me in terms of creating success in my business has to do with me letting go of everything I once thought was true. (laughs) What a beautiful experience too. And I think it takes I don't want to say getting to midlife because a lot of people find it sooner, but I do believe that there comes a point where you're realizing that everything you're chasing isn't really making you happy. And we search for external validation because we don't know how to turn within for validation. Uh, you know, everything that I 
believe in truly to my core is all about energy. It's about the energy of a higher power or the universe or whatever you believe in. But we as humans don't even hold our own energy enough, right? Where, you know, you get up in the morning, think about most people's routines, you get up in the morning and you get on the computer or you check your phone or you're taking care of your kids and making lunch. We don't stop to be unstimulated and hold our own energy. And this small gift that we can give to ourselves, which is waking up in the morning and really connecting with who we are, can give us clarity. I mean, you, you're a doctor, you know the tremendous benefits of meditation and how it changes the gray matter in our brains. There's so much benefit and we have become such a distracted, busy culture that we don't connect to our higher selves, um, a higher being, or even our inner self. And to be able to do that, I think I've been on that, I've always been on that journey. I, I was very lucky to, to grow up in a, in a house where my mom was very much spiritual and energy and mind control, really believing in kind of owning who you are. But I mm -hmm. think in my 30s, I lost that for a while because I was so driven and I forgot that there's more to life than than success and reaching that next ring on the, you know, a rung on the ladder. And I think yeah. you get back to a place where it becomes this beautiful gift you give to yourself. So I'm yeah, so happy you great. did that journey. And it's never over once you start it. So that yeah. to that patient's point, right? You once you're on that journey, you're like, oh, it's <laughs> I there's more. There's more. And it's and as it all unfolds, it's it's like it's like heaven unfolding, right? You're like, I didn't yeah. see, I had no idea what was in front of me. Yeah, it's really interesting when when we start to let go. Uh, for me, when as I've started to let go, uh, I was really afraid of say building a team and leading a team. I'd had some really bad experiences, and I realized that the reason why I had bad experiences is because it was just pushing me to move into this because I wasn't really living my purpose. And you know, it was it was it, I didn't like leading surgeons. Didn't like it at all. You know, that that's a group of people that, you know, everyone wants to be the boss, surgeons yeah. are bosses, you know, so it's, it's, it's been, it, and it just wasn't, I didn't enjoy it. And, but I found that, that leading the team that I have now is, you know, this is, I just feel really honored to, to be able to be a part of, you know, and, and, and give, give all these people a, a chance to, to work and help grow the business and they all believe in the mission and, so that's been that's been really awesome. Now, you were just talking about this energy plotting, right? Yes. And so let's talk a little bit about alignment with our energy and then plotting your day accordingly. So this is one of the tools that we teach uh, all of our clients, especially entrepreneurs, because uh, we tend as humans to do the things that we love when we feel the greatest, right? So if you think mm -hmm. about even your day as, as an entrepreneur, there are parts of your day or parts of the task that you have to do that you absolutely love. And there are parts of what we have to do that we're like, oh my gosh, another spreadsheet. Well, that's me. I'm not a spreadsheet girl. <laughs> so, you know, we tend to say, okay, I love to create content. I love to be strategic. I love to coach. So I'm going to plot that in my highest energy times. And then what happens is we leave the things we hate for the times where our energy is our lowest. So mm -hmm. one of the greatest gifts we can give is to take a look and spend about two weeks really 
understanding your greatest energy times. Now, um, every two hours, you put a little timer on your phone and you check in with yourself. So at 6 a.m., on a scale of 0 to 10, how is my energy? At at 8 a.m., at 10 a.m. And what you'll find is there's going to be a natural rhythm in your days and also days of the week where you feel your greatest energy. And in order to enhance our productivity, the goal is then to look at our tasks and then plot them, right? Zero to 10, how do they make me feel? 10, Mm -hmm. I love creating content, it's a 10. So instead of plotting that in when we feel our best, we're going to plot that in when we feel our lowest, because our love for that task is going to naturally up our energy. And then we plot in the things that we hate, like Excel spreadsheets and finances, into the times of our day where our energy is the highest. And what happens is we create this natural rhythm with our energy and with our tasks that enhances our productivity in a way that, that, you know, that's three or four times what it was and makes us feel more centered as humans so that we are using our energy to work for us instead of against us. I don't think many people realize that we have these natural energy rhythms. We have times in our day. So for high achievers, what's so interesting, Dr. G, is that Monday mornings are one of the highest energy parts of the week because they're high achievers and they can't wait to get started. That's true. Right. But for people who aren't high achievers, they go into Monday and their energy is really low. And so then they start their day and they're trying to start a really heavy task and they're wondering why they can't get over the hump because they, they, they're going against their own energy. So if they would just wait until the afternoon after they've ramped up, they would see that it would take them an hour instead of three hours. So oh, really that's... understanding how your own energy works to be as productive as you can be. And it's so powerful. Um, it, it's so much fun because, you know, when you work with clients, right, you know this from the work that you do. When you see the results, it's that's that's what you want, right? It's not about it is look, we all want to make money. I'm not gonna BS you and say like, oh, it's not about them. Of course we all want to make money. Yeah, of course. No, but, listen, like I, I, I've I've been poor. I've been yeah. really poor. I've been poor where I didn't even know where my next meal was coming from. Back in I was living in Los Angeles in the eighties and you know, I, I had this job where I worked in this people's house with, with a disabled woman and sometimes that was the only time I ate. And, and, you know, so, so I, I, you know, just because I'm a doctor, I mean, people think doctors are rich and doctors are not rich. Doctors suck with finances and, and there's a lot of problems. Actually, somebody on my Facebook today said, well, you're a doctor, you should give this away for free. And I kind of, I kind of got triggered a little bit. And so I, it took me a long time to write a response. And I basically said, well, you know, we are offering this for free. And then we have the podcast and we have other free offerings. And by the way, doctors get paid for work. I do free surgery, or I used to. And what else did I say? And I, oh, and doctors graduate with mountains of debt. Yes. At least, you know, a, a mor- at least a mortgage, right? A lot, a, lot of, a lot of doctors nowadays are graduating with $500,000 in debt. And, and that's a lifetime of debt for them because of the way that medicine has gone in America. So it's, it's really frustrating when people say you're a doctor, you should give it away for free. Okay. And, but, but at the end of the day, the, the point I'm trying to make is that I've been poor. And I've been wealthier and I find that it's easier to be wealthy. And the reason there's, there's a few things that, that happen when you can change your relationship with money and start to understand money as energy rather than 
as a thing to be feared or revered or anything like that. It's just another form of energy is that number one, basic needs are taken care of. And so then you can start to move up the Maslow hierarchy. Number two, when you have more money, you have more impact. All right. So it's not necessarily about freedom depends on the freedom is a such a nebulous thing that we can, you know, define, you know, if, if you ask 12 people what freedom means 12, you're going to get 12 different answers, right? But if your mission is to impact people, right, then the more the more money you have, the more impact you can make, because, you know, that's the currency. And so I, I just, you know, I, Whenever somebody says it's not about money or, you know, yeah, I, I just always go back and say, yeah, it is about the money. I mean, we definitely want to make money. I'm yes. not going to, it's, it's, I'm unapologetic about that because the other thing is, is that how hard, this is what else as I said in that, in that, in that post was like, if you want a transformation, your transformation is going to start with a transaction. You have to invest in yourself. And you have to believe in yourself enough that you can actually take the action because how many people really are able to take action and make the changes they want to make without creating some sort of transaction? There's always a transaction involved. Always. And I, I, I think women, I don't think, I know women tend to have a very different relationship with money. I mean, mm -hmm. there's a statistic out there that, you know, men will go into an interview and ask what the range of salary is. In the first interview, either with HR or with the hiring manager, where women will wait until they get the offer. Mm. It's crazy to me. It's crazy. Yeah. So women really, you know, I, I, we coach a lot of women who are entrepreneurs and their relationship with money. I feel uncomfortable charging. Um, I, I don't know how to ask for money. And it's the money mindset is a really big hiccup for women. We spend a lot of time yeah. helping them through that and well, owning their worth, right? But there's more to it than that. Um, it's not just the money mindset, it's the patriarchy. And women are taught from a very young age to ask for permission, to realize that they're not as valuable as men. And it's not men's fault. It really isn't. Not now. It's just been done so long. You know, we're pushing, we're pushing, we're pushing. And, and I, you know, I sometimes wonder, I, you know, I have this dream that, that we have this egalitarian society, you know, and, and I think we'll, we'll push really hard to, you know, maybe the first female president will help, but, you know, we're still going to have people who take, who, who take the things that were said in the Bible, written by men 2,000 years ago, and translated over all these years to be some truth, like women have to keep their heads covered or have to keep silent in the church and believe that that's the way that things should be. And so we're always going to have beliefs. We're always going to have beliefs. And the only thing that's going to change for us is making sure that our beliefs don't keep us back. Yes. And man, I'll tell you, when, you know, I just recently had a, I, I, I just recently had a conversation with a copywriter and we were talking, we were going through the copy for, for one of my pages and he started talking about his own existential crisis. And he's like, well, you know, and, and I kind of left him hanging. He's like, well, what do I do about it? And I said, well, I said, go back and think about every belief that you picked up in childhood and see if it's true. Yeah. He's like, wow, that's really, really good advice. <laughs> I said, yeah, it's probably worth the price that I paid for this freaking copy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's, so, it's so, all of those things. We take them as our truth, right, into our adulthood. And we think that they're, you know, we do this exercise with clients that we just say, okay, you know, rapid fire. And it, the question is very simple. It's like, if I'm honest with myself, if I have a lot of money, people will think. 
and tell us what you think immediately. And mm-hmm. out, you know, 90% of women, what they fill that in is people think I'm, I'm a snob, I'm arrogant, I'm money hungry. Like they have this really crazy reaction and it's what's embedded in their subconscious. And to me, I always think if I have, the more money I have, the more impact I can make, the more I can give back, the more I can create scholarships in our yeah. business, right? How, how we can build that into our business model. So to, you know, I, but it is takes, it takes years of um, unraveling, even our own parents' relationships with money, right? In the, mm. you know, if we grew up in the 70s where our parents did well and didn't do well and did well, and we may have a very scarce, you know, a scarcity mindset where we get money, we spend it because we're afraid that we're not going to get it. You know, we want to just make up for not having money. So mm. there are so many things and it takes a lot of awareness, right? Awareness is the first element to any change. It takes a lot of awareness to find out what's what are you thinking? What are your beliefs? And let's just untangle them and and find new evidence that can support that money isn't evil. You know, money yeah, is yeah. money is not evil. Well, the thing that's really interesting about belief when we start talking about what a belief is and what a mental model is, and I learned this from my mentor, my mentor uh, Sri Kumar Rao, and that is that if we start to think about something different, if we want to believe a different belief, we just have to ask for evidence or start looking for evidence that that's true. And most most of the time we will, we will. And, and my story of this is I had a really, very difficult employee that I ended up having to fire, but I, I had to change the my, my view of this person. And it was basically the view that I decided to take that I eventually found to be true. And I'm very glad for this experience was that it's helping me to understand what I'm going to look for and how I'm going to feel when it's time to let somebody go. It's a big learning. Yeah. Yeah, no that was that was really really good and and so I've I've discovered that when somebody's taking up a lot of my headspace and I'm paying them and they're they're an employee and I'm talking to a, you know a lot of people about their attitude and whatnot that that means oh that person's not a good fit. They got to go. And it was really hard for me to to learn that lesson. But and it took a long a long time. It took many years for me to realize that that particular feeling and those particular actions on my part. And, you know, obviously the, the actions of the other person have something to do with it, but, you know, at at the same time, I don't, you know, business, business is a benevolent dictatorship. It is not, (laughs) it is not a democracy. And so at the end of the day, I don't, I don't have to keep people that, that, you know, I find that when I interact with them, I'm not having fun. Yes. I, you know, at this point in our business. lives, we're doing business. I want to have fun while I'm doing business. Apps, I'm with you. If yeah. this doesn't become fun, I don't want to do it anymore. And not that yeah. it's not hard work and not that there's not a grind to it. There are times, but I want to enjoy it. I, I got to have yeah. fun. You know, I always say you have to... You have to like who you surround yourself with. We spend more time in our day with the people we work with. You, they need to be. They don't need to be cookie cutters of you. I don't believe, but they need to be additive in your life, right? Yeah. And there's too much negativity in this world to be surrounding yourself with anyone who is negative or who just thinks it can't be done all the time and who wants to be challenging and who wants to complain it's because they're never changing you know they need so much work to change so only thing you could do is change how you respond to them or what you do next right right yeah yeah for sure that's that's so important i want to circle back to learning just just before we we close and i want to talk about what 
What is active learning? What is the science of active learning? <laughs> well, the science of active learning is being is, is engaging more than just the consumption phase, right? So yeah. we, we actually call this a lot of, uh, we had identified a bunch of consumption personalities be, from hoarders to experts. Like there are people who just want to be experts. There are the perfectionists. There are the hoarders that just want to collect evidence um, and and content and information, but they don't know what to do with it. So mm -hmm. really to get into the activation mindset, it's about understanding like, why am I feeling the need to cons constantly consume? What is the real thing that's coming up for me? And then how do I activate on all of these different things that I'm learning? So going back to what we talked about before, it's like, how do I, um, I, I kind of call it, if you've ever seen Legally Blonde, the movie Legally Blonde with Reese Witherspoon, where uh, she's maybe, yeah okay. Well, there's a there's a scene where she's in a nail salon and she's trying to teach the nail technician how to flirt with the UPS driver that she finds attractive. So she's like, you have to do this thing called the bend and snap, and she bends down and she snaps up with this like like sexy pose and her breast sticking out, her hiney sticking out, right? So she's like, bend and snap. So I always say that intake versus taking action is like the bend and snap. You bend, you intake, and you snap, and you take action. So it has to be that cadence of like, learn something, do it. Learn something, do it. And that's how you actively learn because you're engaging your brain in so many different ways. We as humans forget 78% of what we learn within 24 hours of consuming it, right? How many times have you read a great book? And you're like, this is brilliant. I'm going to put this into my business. And then you walk away and three days later, you're like, what did I want to do with that? Because you didn't do anything with it, right? So it's right. like, how do you take that piece out? What do you do with it immediately? You know, when you listen to podcasts, read self-help books, take courses, you need to do that in 10-page increments. You need to read it 10-page, take something out of it, and actually apply it. And that's how you get into the active, active learning and activating your brain differently. I love that. That's really, really good. I, I, I think that that's super important that that if you're going to read a book, let's say maybe like the book Traction, for example, which is a great book on how to get control of your business. And it's a great theory. But, you know, in order to make that happen, it's a matter of like going back and reading the book in 10 page increments and then saying, I'm going to take this action. I'm going to take that action. And really, nobody teaches us that because in school, we're taught how to, let's say, follow a bell. And we're taught how to be a factory worker and take our lunch and, and those sorts of things. And they don't teach you how to read a business book or a, any sort of a book and then say, put this into action. And because at the end of the day, they don't want us to be independent thinkers. No. I, I, they I want us to, to regurgitate, that. right? That's what yeah. they do. They yeah. spend the time regurgitating, right? That's what we've, we're taught. So then we go into the business world and we're like, oh, we think we just need to regurgitate stuff. And you realize... That does nothing. <laughs> that does nothing for a business. So, you know, I, I, I have a 12-year-old with uh, severe, very severe ADHD and processing mm -hmm. disorders and learning disabilities. And the regular school, she's in regular school, but the way they teach doesn't work for her. And I always say, like, let's just take this one piece and put it into action. Let's just take this one piece and break it down. I don't care if you don't understand all of it. I just need you to learn and understand 
one piece of it. So you feel accomplished. And we need to, you know, going out, I don't want to go into a school tangent, but we need to be changing the way we teach. Oh, Regurgitation yeah. means nothing. It, think about you as a surgeon. Could you imagine if the, like, we're going to be like, oh, you're going to learn by just reading all these books. Don't ever, don't ever <laughs> practice operate. surgery. Yeah, it's yeah. absurd. Read, no, yeah. read, read. Watch this video on how to drive a car. Now go behind the car and just do it. Okay, it's so unrealistic, but we do that in our businesses. We're like, okay, let's just keep reading all these business books, and then it will come and you know we'll get it. And I'm like, you know, you have to really be thoughtful and strategic about what am I taking out? What am I going to actually take action on? And we have to reprogram the way we learn because the way yeah. we learn has we've been brainwashed to do things all the wrong way and it's it's going to to that independent thinker it's just it just hurts our future as a as a society yeah i agree with that so where can people find you so they can come on over to the resting mind www.therestingmind.com which is our website we also have an incredible facebook community that we'd love your listeners to join it's called just gen x talking business, career, and life with bold and brave women. Because ladies, we know you're bold, we know you're brave, but you may have lost it for a little while, but we're going to get you back there. So we do lots of live coaching in there. We do lots of giveaways. And the community is so warm. You know this from the Facebook mm -hmm. community. There's something magical about a Facebook community, and not because we're 40 plus and we can't be on Instagram, <laughs> because I'm there too. But there's something incredibly engaging about having a real community of supportive women. And I think as women get into their 40s, I think in their 30s, a lot of times they get competitive. There's that scarcity mindset of who's on top and they get to the top and they kind of want to a lot of times keep women down, uh, the yeah. women down, and then they get into their 40s and they understand the power and beauty in having a cohort. And, you know, I encourage you guys that are listening to find your cohort, whatever that is, who are the wonderful women who make you when you walk away from them, you feel happier. Your energy is up. You know, I'm going to walk away from this interview, Dr. G, and my energy is up. And I hope it's the same for you because that's what uh, really finding true connections are. There, yeah. You know, you should walk away feeling great. So find your cohort in lots of different places. I think it's so powerful. And we, as women, need to be doing that. Find places that we can bolster each other. All right. Well, Jackie, thanks so much for being a part of the menopause movement today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. Did you know that menopause is not a medical condition? Most doctors don't know this either. I like to say that menopause is the privilege of a long life. And to really take hold of our lives in menopause, we have to unlearn what society and the medical establishment has told us about menopause. This is why I've created this brand new course called Understanding Your Hormones and Managing Your Menopause. I want to show you how you can get on top of your menopause right now so that you can start to see it as the best time of your life. Now, this course is valued at $500 and is in the beta testing phase. And we're currently accepting applications for women to test it out for us at no charge in exchange for feedback and testimonials. But the best part is because you're a podcast listener, you can bypass the application process and go straight to the front of the line. To register right now, simply visit menopausemovement.com forward slash hormones, and we can get started together right now. Remember, you can get started right now at no charge to you in exchange for feedback and testimonials when you go to menopausemovement.com forward slash hormones, and I'll see you inside the course. Thanks so much for being a part of the menopause movement. Thank you.